Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we analyse Pizzo Mosimani's departure from Egyptian club Al Ahly. Was it a surprise, and where might he be going? Also, we speak to Nigeria defender Ola Aina, who plays for Torino in Italy's Serie A. Aina tells us about his long season and how he lost his place in the team after going to the Africa Cup of Nations. After the Afcon, things really slowed up for me. Obviously, being selected into the Stein eleven. That's coming later. Plus, lots of transfer talk and a look at how kick-ins could replace throw-ins. But let's start with the group stage of qualifying for the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations, with Nigeria's new Portuguese coach Jose Pesero winning his first two games in charge, including a 10-0 victory away to Sao Tome with four goals for Napoli's Victor Osimhen. Uh, so there are six teams with two wins out of two so far in qualifying. Uh, they are Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Algeria, Mali, Morocco, and Senegal. And the next games in qualifying are on. In September, and also in those qualifiers, Egypt coach Ehab Galal was fired after just three games in charge. This following a two-nil defeat to Ethiopia, and then a four-one loss in a friendly against South Korea. Galal was appointed in April, taking over from Carlos Queiroz after the Pharaohs failed to qualify for this year's World Cup. Well, now to the big story of the week in African football. That's the South African coach Pizzo Masimani leaving the Egyptian giants Al Ahly on Monday, leaving by mutual consent three months after signing a new two-year deal. Now, Masimani won two African Champions League titles with Al Ahly after joining in 2020, but he lost this season's final to Widad Casablanca of Morocco in a game where Widad were somewhat controversially given home advantage. He also took Al Ahly to two consecutive third-place finishes at the FIFA Club World Cup. And now, a club statement said that Ahly were keen for Masimani to continue, but that he had requested to leave the club. And on Twitter, Masimani posted saying, "The best in the continent. Thanks for the opportunity and history. You gave me love. You chanted my name and gave me the utmost respect." Uh, well, Ida, are you surprised at the timing of Apizzo's departure, and uh, what could be next for him? Frankly, Steve, I was, and I know that there are some who might think it naive, and especially based on Egyptian clubs and their quick dismiss and replace approach to coaches. I mean, you look at Zamalek, for example, and they've had a tremendous number of coaches in the last few years. But with that said, this was still a bit of a surprise. Look, no one except the people present in that meeting know exactly what happened. Or the specifics of what led up to this decision for Pizzo, but at least going by the statement Al Ali released, the club looked like it was keen to work with a South African. I mean, based on his previous achievements alone, it really didn't feel like this one Champions League loss, you know. And as you've said, one that was shrouded in such controversy was enough for dismissal. But the rumors have been swirling, Steve, and this culmination 
was simply evidence that things haven't been all rosy. I mean, it's been said that despite success at continental and even international level, Al Ali's struggles in the domestic league have seen Pizzo and his team allegedly receive nonstop criticism from certain sections of the club. So, you know, maybe in the end, Pizzo simply chose peace of mind. You never know. About his next move, well, you can imagine the rumors started even before the departure announcement. So he has been linked to Orlando Pirates back in his home country of South Africa. He's also been linked to a move outside Africa, specifically in Qatar with Al Rayyan. Now, this particular one had been linked to him earlier in the year as well. That was just before he signed that contract extension with Al Ali. Pizzo's pedigree, Steve, is actually close to none in the continent currently, at least to me. And hopefully this can be a step up to bigger and better. For now, Al Ali is in the hands of immediate former assistant coach Sami Komsan, and at least that will be on interim basis. Now, he will take the team through the next bit of the Egyptian Premier League, as well as the Egyptian Cup. Thanks, Ida. I'd love to see Pizzo Massimani coaching a club in Europe. We'll see if he gets a chance, or if he goes to Qatar or even back home, as you say. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, show brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our interview with Nigeria defender Ola Aina, who plays for Torino in Italy's Serie A. Aina had a long season and a tough season too, as he lost his place in the Torino team after his trip to the Africa Cup of Nations with Nigeria at the beginning of the year. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okoleji spoke to Aina first about his season with Torino. My season for me was up and down, I think. The first half of the season for August till I left for the AFCON was it was okay. Um, a few good performances and some things in those games, I think, you know, I would have liked to have done better, better, but it was okay. And then after the AFCON, things really slowed up for me. Obviously, being selected into the starting eleven and playing games wasn't, wasn't free-flowing as prior, so it was up and down. Your name came up in the debate about, you know, club versus country in terms of our players are taken in the middle of a season to go play in the African Cup of Nations. I mean, how difficult is it a choice to make when, you know, your club wants you, but your country also need you? I don't think it's difficult because if it was a tournament for the Europeans to to go to, I don't think it would be a problem for anyone to, to go to, you know. Look now, the the next World Cup is during the season. <laughs> Everyone's stopping because it's you know it's the, it's, it's the World Cup is the same. It's, a, it's an international tournament, so and there's no problem with that. So for me, I didn't have an issue. I was looking forward to it <laughs> from from the time we had qualified to to go and play in that Afcon. So yeah, it wasn't an issue for me. With players losing their sports and all that, do you think there's really a middle ground where clubs will understand and, of course, um, players will not be paying the price because you're not the only one? I mean, there are loads of players from Africa. Do you think there's a middle ground? Um, yeah, I think there, there, there should be a middle ground. Obviously, us as players, we understand that while we're away, the team have to adapt and other players may take their, their opportunities and... That is that's understandable and that's um, that's acceptable because we're not there. So in my case, that's that's what happened. And obviously, someone took 
their uh, opportunity and they, they've done very well. They did very well and that's just the nature of the game. And how disappointing is it for you not to be going to a World Cup? I mean, you wanted this badly. You missed out on the last one. How disappointing is it for you? Yeah, this one, I think this one hurt more than the 2018 one. You know, the 2018 one, I, f- I thought I was going. I didn't get selected, which is, um, you know, it was a personal thing, but I was still happy Nigeria was there to, to compete in that tournament. So it was OK. But this one is it's more, it's more, of a, more of a dagger in the heart because... I'm not going and Nigeria's not going, so it's a double, it's double pain. A lot of people have said, I mean, this is a new squad now, even though it's still the same players, but because of a new manager coming in, do you think that will help Nigeria's mentality going into the qualifiers and, of course, um, trying to make it to Ivory Coast 2023? Yeah, I think it could help in a way, but ultimately it's down to the players, you know. I think anyone could be in the job right now, but... It's down to us as players to to strive and achieve goals that we can sit back in a few years' time and say we, we did something really good. So I would say it's down to the players. When the season ended in Italy, um, there's this impression that, you know, there have been talks, you might return to the Premier League, you might even stay in Syria, um, whatever. What have you heard? <laughs> I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot. Nothing is really clear right now, but... Hopefully in a few weeks, you know, I would, I would um, get the news and, and know what, what I'm working towards for next season. And talking about next season, I mean, a lot of players will be going into that. Without the World Cup, Nigerian players especially, what would be the factor in you deciding where next you have to move to? Is it you know, playing time? Is it, you know, um, an opportunity to get to go play for your country even though the club might not like that? Obviously, you know, a player wants to go to a, a place, a team where they're playing regularly so for me that is a that is a, a must and I wouldn't look anywhere if I'm if I'm not trying to to play regularly or if I can't force myself to play regularly you understand um but for me in the future you know I just want to I want to be able to you know play at the highest level for the biggest clubs possible that's a, it's a dream of mine's aspiration of mine so you know hopefully something happens I don't know but we'll see what the future holds and yeah, and hopefully whatever team it is or wherever I stay at Torino, they'll understand that, you know, the African Cup of Nations and playing for my countries is a, is a big part of my career and a big part of my, my life. So I'll be hoping to, 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 to continue playing with Nigeria without no problems. That's Nigeria defender Ala Aina, who plays in Italy's Syria A with Torino, speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Aloashina Okaleji. A very interesting interview there. Tough time for Aina, losing his place in the Torino team because he went to the Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon. And you can sense the disappointment, Aida. You can sense, too, that uh, he had no regrets. Absolutely no regret, Steve. And I especially love his conviction when he emphasizes just how important it is to play for country. And even when he talks about his future, you've heard him say how important it is that whatever club he eventually ends up in takes his commitment to country seriously. Because, Steve, this touches directly on what we discussed so much during that time, you know, earlier in the year prior to the AFCON. And you could see European clubs actively doing everything they could to stop their African players from going to the Nations Cup. And what I love about the interview is exactly what Ola Aina is saying. 
Look, the Euros happened and across different cities, might we remind our listeners, right smack in the middle of one of the worst corona waves. No one batted an eyelid. The World Cup is happening in the middle of the season and no one is batting an eyelid either for Qatar. But look, back to Ola Aina, and he was a crucial cog in the Torino machine before this. You look at last year, for example, between August and December 2021, where he missed only one match, playing in 19 games total. He played 23 matches all season, meaning only five have come after that. And there's lots of rumors going around as to Aina's future. You know, Leeds has been mentioned as wanting to take him back to England. We will see about that. In the meantime, he will miss out on the 2023 AFCON qualifier at home. That will be to Guinea-Bissau due to bookings. Though, I'd like to imagine that in as much as that is a disappointment, his mind must also strongly be on what lies ahead in the future. Yes, and this interview was recorded as soon after Nigeria appointed the Portuguese Jose Pesero as their coach, and he won his first two games with the Super Eagles. But Aina, they're saying he thinks it's more about the players than the coach when it comes to winning games. He said there, with having a new coach, it could help, but ultimately it's down to the players. Anyone could be in the job, but it's down to us as players to strive and to achieve goals. Well, controversial comments. Uh, what do you think, Ida? Steve, I think it should be a mix because without the right guidance, then even the best players will fall short. And without the right players, then even the best coach will find it tough, you know. And I think this was perfectly summarized by Victor Simmons' comments post-match. That was after the 10-0 thrashing of Sao Tome, where he gave kudos to the coach and to the team as well for executing the plan. And look, I'm sure it was also coming off that adrenaline, you know, the high of such a huge victory, and that there shall be much sterner tests. But it was a positive moment. Now, with that said, and not to discredit their performances, it is a good start for the coach. However, the real, real tests, as I've said, will come later, because Sierra Leone, you know, Sao Tome, these are countries that Nigeria was frankly expected to beat and do so convincingly. We know what the situation often is between African countries and their coaches, and especially foreign coaches, but this is a wait-and-see game on how it will go. Next up will be the qualifiers we'd mentioned against Guinea-Bissau. Now, it has been a tough year for Nigeria, Steve, what with getting knocked out of the AFCON so early, despite a fantastic start, then missing out on a ticket to the World Cup in Qatar. So I am sure that it's their hope that they will want to finish 2022 much better than they started it. Yeah, asking you for your thoughts on this on social media this week. How much difference does a coach make? So we heard there from Ala Aina, with Nigeria having appointed a new coach. He says it could help, but ultimately it's down to the players. Anyone could be in the job, but it's down to us as players to strive and achieve goals. 
So, how much difference do you think a coach can make? And do you agree that it's more about the players than the coach? You can go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. How much difference does a coach make? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the transfer news in Europe. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Right to social media now. Last week we asked, is there too much football these days? Uh, with the end of the English Premier League and other European leagues, we moved on to the AFCON qualifiers, UEFA Nations League and international friendlies. And some English Premier League clubs will start training at the end of this month, meaning that many top players will hardly have had a rest. And now we do love to watch the games, but is there too much football these days? Do you feel sorry for the players, or is it just part of the job for the players? Well, let's start with Sideko Suno in the Gambia. Sideko says, yes, there is too much football. It's causing fatigue for most of the players. And Usman Jata also in the Gambia says, yes, it causes fatigue, including to uh, our Gambian players. Anthony Ume is in Nigeria. Anthony says since there's too much money being paid to players nowadays, there should be enough football activities to balance it. It's their job, and everybody goes to his or her place of work every day, says Anthony. On the other hand, in this voice note, here's Belong Baji in the Gambia. Well, in football, it is understood that after signing a contract, it must be fully implemented. But the certainty here is where energy is applied, no enough room to rest, associated with aging, I mean to escape severe consequences during and after pursuing your career, will be very, very, very slim. So Belong saying too much football will take a toll, but Ernest in Rwanda wants more football. Ernest says, I just miss my Lionel Messi. I can't wait for August and the new season. Obina in Nigeria says, I feel sorry for the players. They are human, so they deserve decent holidays like every other person. There's too much football these days. And in this voice note, Amadou Baji in the Gambia agrees. Well, honestly speaking, footballers are not having enough rest these days. And this might result to fatigue and injuries due to the many games that they are playing. They deserve at least one month break at the end of every season. This will help them to rejoin their families and loved ones and help them to better prepare for the upcoming season. I feel very sorry for them, especially those players who are currently playing the National League and those taking part at the Afghan qualifiers. Well, thanks, Amadou. Gaussman in Uganda says, I think they have to rest so they can start the season with fresh minds and fresh bodies. We know they are on their jobs, but they need to rest to prepare for the next season. Uh, Noble Batamani in Malawi, though, says, I don't feel sorry for them because it's part of their job. And finally, Vincent in Zambia looks at both sides of the story. They need time to rest, says Vincent, but what can we do because that's how they've been made to work. I do feel sorry for the players, but I'm also happy to be watching them, says Vincent. 
Well, thanks very much to everyone who got in touch. Always great to hear from you. And the English Premier League fixtures came out on Thursday. An incredibly busy season ahead with the FIFA World Cup in October, and also the group stage of the UEFA Champions League will see teams playing every week instead of every two weeks. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK, and lots of transfer news and speculation. And Mali midfielder Eve Basuma will be leaving Brighton. He's been signed by Tottenham, Stuart. Yes, Steve, we're in the early days of the transfer window, but there have already been some significant deals. And let's start with uh, Eve Basuma going from Brighton to Tottenham. He's been at Brighton for four years, making 120 appearances. And Spurs have also signed Fraser Forster, the Southampton goalkeeper, and Ivan Persic, the 33-year-old uh, Croatian winger who was at Inter Milan. And Spurs are also reportedly trying to sign the Brazilian Ricarlison, who is leaving Everton. And we understand that Antonio Conte was willing to leave Tottenham, in his words, if the team's ambition didn't match his. So if that is truly a reflection of what he says, Tottenham have responded well by making a number of uh, signings. and But the biggest signing so far is Liverpool signing Darwin Nunes, a 22-year-old Uruguayan striker from Benfica, for over $100 million. Now, last season in the Portuguese league, admittedly, he started 24 games and scored 26 goals. He looks a great signing for the Reds, but remember that Liverpool already have Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Diego Jota, and Bobby Firmino. So that's five top strikers they've now got. And, you know, that question for me, what is the future of Sadio Mane, who has not committed that he's staying at Liverpool next season, and Mo Salah, who has only said he's staying one more year? So is the new signing a replacement for one of the, the top African strikers? Watch the space. And incidentally, Divock Origi, Liverpool's Kenyan-Belgian striker, who didn't get much game time, has now left as his contract has run out. Aston Villa have also been busy signing Diego Carlos, a 29-year-old Brazilian who has been at Seville for the last three years and have made permanent the loan transfer of Philippe Coutinho uh, from Barcelona. Manchester United have begun the expected clear-out uh, in anticipation of new signings under their new manager, Ten Hag, with Paul Pogba, Juan Mata, Jesse Lingard, Nemanja Matic and Edison Cavani all leaving. Incidentally, Steve, Nemanja Matic has signed for Roma and that's the third time in his career that he's been signed by Jose Mourinho. And Wolves have released Roman Saiz, the Moroccan who's been there for four years, and of course, as we mentioned earlier, Chelsea have seen Antonio Rudiger and Andreas Christensen leave, and we're waiting to see who they might sign. Yes, yeah, so we'll keep on uh, following this, and uh, certainly Nunes does look like uh, he could be uh, lined up as a replacement for uh, Sergio Mane, but uh, as you say, we shall see. And uh, Stuart, former Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger continues to be busy in his new role at FIFA uh, with some interesting ideas. Well, yes, um, it seems that the five subs rule, which was introduced during the pandemic to help teams when players may have had players who were struggling a bit, is becoming permanent. I'm open to that. I'm not totally convinced by it. It makes football a bit like basketball with, with so many changes. 
and also uh, arguably it helps the bigger teams with the bigger squads as, uh, as opposed to the, the, the smaller teams. But the one which is intriguing is the suggestion that we're going to have kick-ins instead of throw-ins. You know the situation, if one team puts the ball out of play, the other one throws it back in. And that has been the situation since 1867. So changing it would be quite significant. Incidentally, before 1867, the situation was very strange. When the ball went out of play, the first player who got to the ball took the throw in, no matter whether it was his team who just put it out. And at one stage, players had to line up, um, creating a tunnel between them, uh, and the ball had to be thrown into the tunnel. So uh, strange things in the past. But, you know, the game is called football. And if anyone other than the goalkeeper touches the ball with the hand, it's a free kick. So it's a bit illogical to throw it in rather than kicking it in. I play a lot of walking football and we always use a kick in. But when this was considered last, there was concern because the average player can throw a ball perhaps 20 metres, but can kick it 60 metres. And the concern was that if you have a throw-in on the halfway line, it's effectively a corner because a player can kick the ball right into the penalty area and it can encourage more long-ball football. But something that I'd be intrigued to find out the answer to is at the moment you cannot score direct from a throw-in. But would this also be a case with a kick-in or would you be allowed to shoot for goal from, from the halfway line with a, with a kick-in? Now, the FIFA president Gianni Infantino recently said that, yes, proposals are being made to test kick-ins in order to help the game. And Arsene Wenger, ex-Arsenal manager and now head of global development at FIFA, said that the two big time-wasters in football are throw-ins and free-kicks. And the idea is to make the game more spectacular and quicker. And perhaps you could have, rather than throw-ins... You restart with your feet and you must do it within five seconds. Interesting thoughts, but I think we're talking about two different things there. I think there is a logical case for kick-ins, but the issue of time-wasting and goal kicks, free kicks and throw-ins, surely that just needs better policing by referees. Yeah, indeed, a lot of time can be taken up with those tactics. And what else have you got for us, Stuart? Burnley have appointed a new manager and it's Vincent Company. Uh, he's 36 and, of course, played over 250 games for Manchester City in 11 seasons. He was often club captain and under him, City won the Premier League title four times. On leaving City, he signed for Anderlecht in his native Belgium, which was incidentally the first team he played for, first as player manager and then two more years as manager. He was an interesting person as a player because he did a master's degree in business administration while playing. But I think this is a really interesting move. I'm sure he will have a lot to offer Burnley. But I think it's also to his credit that he didn't retire and expect to get a job as a Premier League manager. He started his career as a manager in Belgium. Then he's taken a job at a championship team in England. So well done him. Now, Steve, we talked last week about the length of the season and the demands on players. Well, this week, England lost at home to Hungary in the European Nations League. A pointless and unnecessary competition, if ever there was one. Well, well played Hungary, but their 4-0 win, the biggest defeat 
England have suffered in nearly a hundred years, was in fact the third international England had played in ten days after most of the players had played 60-plus games for their clubs. And the main reason for England's disastrous performance was probably exhaustion, mental and physical. We just have to look at this. Finally, Steve, when Cristiano Ronaldo moved from Juventus to Manchester United, you might think it was all about football, but maybe not. People who monitor internet searches and that kind of activity, and by activity I mean generating money, tell us that in the season since Ronaldo left Juventus, there were 200 million less searches on Juventus recorded. And on the other hand, when Paris Saint-Germain signed Messi, the searches on the internet involving PSG increased by almost 300 million. There can be an awful lot more behind big transfers than kicking a ball. Yeah, that's the business of football. That's true. Thanks a lot, Stuart. A reminder of our question on social media this week. How much difference do you think a coach makes? We heard earlier from Ola Aina, and with Nigeria having appointed a new coach, Aina says it could help, but ultimately it's down to the players. Anyone could be in the job, but it's down to us as players to strive and to achieve goals. Uh, So, do you agree? And how much difference do you think a coach can make? Do you agree that it's more about the players than the coach? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. How much difference does a coach make? Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.